<laughs> that was so funny. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Big Blue United podcast. My name is Dan. I'm here with my main man, Colin, and our very special guest, Doug of Doug Lico. You know, we'll keep it like that. Um, yeah. Doug, is, is DougLico.com still up and running? Uh, I think we're paying for it, but uh, it's under new management okay. right now. Okay. Well, if you need any physical ideas, you know where to go. DougLico.com. Um this week, we are sponsored by Beer and Provisions, uh, one of the best bars in Brooklyn. Um, they are not flooded. They're up and running. Uh, just the part owner and manager isn't, isn't there this week, so you can definitely take advantage of deals. Um, that being said, um, welcome to the week five recap of the New York Football Giants. Um, for all your Giants news, go to BBU Pod Boys with a Z um, on X or Twitter, uh, follow big blue United at big blue United at Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook, the whole deal. Um, and keep you in the loop on all the giants news. Uh, especially if you love to doom scroll, it's a great place to go. Um, all right. So, uh, giants dolphins, 1631, uh, could have been a lot worse. They could have, for instance, scored 70 points on us. Um, was a bit of a closer game for maybe the first three quarters, uh, uh, first two quarters for sure. Um, still horrendous. I would say it was still horrendous game. Um, not much joy in it whatsoever. If you're talking about the offense specifically, um, it has now been, I, I, I forgot where I heard this. I think it was uh, Dan Shire said, or he, he took it from someone else, but, 125 minutes of game clock time since the Giants offense has scored a touchdown. Is that good? And and that touchdown was that short Matt Breida touchdown in the 49ers game where they they got the ball like, you know, within the 25-yard line um, yeah. on off the off the turnover. because uh, prior to that, it was just that those two quarters against the the Arizona Cardinals. So yeah, 125 minutes and and no offensive touchdowns. Yeah. Um and uh, a fun little stat. Um, I don't know who had the Vegas line for this, but did you know our first touchdown would be week five of this season? Our first, our first first half touchdown would be week five of the first of the season, and it was a pick six. It wasn't even the offense. Yeah, the offense couldn't 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 go ahead and do that for us. <laughs> which which it's amazing. I mean, it's amazing. And you have to score more than three points to get a touchdown in the first half. I like, granted. And, and why don't you can't, why don't you can't we, get a, a discounted touchdown? Spread <laughs> it out across. Positive. Leave it with the positive in that sense. <laughs> that that pick six was pretty damn cool. Not not for nothing. I will take it. Jason Pinnock right. has been a revelation this year, and it's very sick. I'm at, I will will be. I'll lean into how great that is because it seems to be few and far between that where we can get something fun. So that was, uh, I believe, it was a Bobby Okereke, uh deflection, which he tried to take the pick himself. But you know he has middle linebacker hands, so it just yes. went off of them. Positives, right positives, in, right into the yeah. safety's hands, and it was great. And he was flying. I mean, dude's got yeah. stride, you know. Yeah, and yeah, he. It, it tied. Um, uh, my dad told me last night it wasn't Eric Barnes, as uh, the announcers were saying. Uh, Erich was how he pronounced it for whatever reason. My dad said that very good player, nineteen sixty one, awesome safety, whatever. Um, yeah, but then the rest of the game, I mean, they got the other turnover, Xavier McKinney, as uh, you know, as, as he's been talking a little bit of trash here and there in between uh, weeks. Uh, at least he forced a fumble. Kayvon jumped on it. That was cool. Um, 
And that's it. I guess that's all the positives from this game. Uh, I got one more. Uh, the ah. tush push, a successful tush push. Yes. Uh, the, uh, nice after shot. the failed one in Seattle. So that was nice good shot. to see as well. Um, I mean, I think I think there's a little bit more positives than, than we can highlight like in one fell swoop like that. Um, defensively, I thought Bobby O'Carrigan had a good game. Um, Simmons had a, Isaiah Simmons was flying around. It was cool to see a little speed from linebackers. Um, yeah. Obviously, there's no team you need speed more than you do against the Dolphins, but um, I thought they had a decent game. Um, some Kayvon continues to incrementally get better. Yeah. Um, some rushing there. Uh, Leonard Williams can get off the team. We'll talk about him and a few other guys uh, coming up to the trade trade uh, trade deadline, I guess, in a bunch of weeks. But we can start thinking about that now, I think, yes. when we want to think about guys that aren't on contract next year that we might be able to get some sort of value from through trades. Um, but, you know, considering who that offense was and the talent on our defense – I think you sign up for 31 points from the Miami Dolphins. It's true. Um, it's absolutely true. Plus three turnovers. So, I mean, I mean, they were, they were in the game surprisingly, even, yeah. you know, till the end. So that's something to get for that. <laughs> until they, uh, until they, they couldn't score and, and uh, the Dolphins got the ball back and they're like, we're just going to remind them how much better we are by running on every single yep. play. We're just going to run the whole time. We're not even going to, um, but man, wow. Some some real speed on that team. Yeah, can I? I, I that was the first time I actually was able to see uh, Devon Achan run, and my God, does that guy get shot out of a cannon? Yep. I mean, mm-hmm. you did see Tyreek Hill go to the sideline because they were talking about who the fastest was on the team, and you could tell he was going up to all of them, being like, "It's me, it's me, still I me. still am, still it's me. still me," and which is pretty I'm, funny. I'm still a piece of trash. Yeah, uh, but, but also think, the fastest guy alive. Yeah, I think Tyreek <laughs> said he was the third fastest player on the team. He did not. Tells. Yeah, that's what he said. <laughs> he was joking. No, no, for some <laughs> no, reason. No, not not Tyreek, uh, A-Chan. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. And for, for whatever reason, Raheem Mostert said he was the fastest on the team. Mostert's well, always that, fast, yeah. Yeah, but that's not true. Um, He's always injured, so. Yeah. yeah, bumping around, jumping around a lot. Um, I guess, where do you want to start? It's the same two topics every week. Offensive line or Daniel Jones? What Pick your poison. Uh, let's get Jones out of the way this time first. <laughs> Okay. Do you have something to say off the top or you want me to? Um, yeah, I think it's after we've been able to dissect um, all of these other uh, prognostic- prognosticators out there and uh, analysts about how they're like really going into how Jones is a part, a very big part of the sack problem here. I think um, it almost seemed like it was a campaign across the board where you're seeing multiple people, whether it's Brian Baldinger or Dan Orlovsky or, you know, name whoever you're going to name. They're all basically showing you how not only is the communication with the actual offensive line terrible, but they're not even being put into the right positions by yeah. their quarterback and their 40 guaranteed $46 million quarterback at that, um, which again, for however many weeks in a row, that's from your fifth-year quarterback. He still has no idea how to slide protections or put himself in a situation where at least get a body in front of somebody. He can't even do that. Even if the guy, the body who's in front of that body sucks, at least there's someone there. But he's not even doing that. And I, I, it's really starting to become I don't, not fairly obvious that the guy just doesn't have a brain in his head for this this game. I don't know if it's too fast for him or if he's 
kind of shell shocked by the fact that he's it's clear he knows the line is that bad or a combination all of all of it but like I don't know all the the Jones defenders out there are they're really losing substance to hold on to for any sort of an argument for him and it becomes more and more obvious by the week not to mention he gets hurt and what has he done multiple times since he's come to the league but get hurt yep. and a neck injury at that which he's already had two seasons ago Apparently it's not related to it, but you'd have to imagine it kind of is. Yeah, he's got I a long know. neck. Um, I, I I agree, Colin. There is again like a perfect example of him failing to slide, you know, pre-snap protection uh, to that Evan Neal side on that that clip that's getting passed around, where Neal, you know, goes like the inside gap rather than the outside rusher, and which totally apparently isn't for. all his fault. Um, surprisingly, you know that continues to happen. I mean, it w- you would have to assume there's some responsibility that he thinks someone else is covering for that outside rusher, or simply that Daniel Jones reads as, as hot and and dumps it off, you know, wherever that guy's coming from, which is expected in year five. If this was year one, maybe year two, um, that's you know an excuse. Um, but for a guy that's played this long, that should be a layup. You know, maybe maybe the play doesn't go anywhere, but it shouldn't be a surprise that this guy's coming free to him. Um, and it happens every week and it's like, it's not getting corrected. So either the giants, you know, coaches are, are not good enough to realize like some of the most basic principles or our quarterback slash offensive linemen are, are mentally challenged or, or dense or refusing to, you know, progress. So, I mean, <clears throat> none of this is, is, is that new. I think, you know, over the years, you know, people, we, you know, the first thing we 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 criticize about Daniel Jones is, is he's not very not much of a prolific passer. He doesn't pass that much. But then, like, well, what about the rushing? And then we'd always say, or at least I'd always say, well, he's running for his life. I don't think he's like creating creative plays. He's just freaking out and just <laughs> just going. And he happens to be big and fast. Um, but now all that stuff is sort of coming to fruition. The, you know, Kafka and, and Dable came in last year, designed. A, a program that could mask all of his weaknesses and and simplify things so he could be successful. The league has observed that smart defenses towards the second half of last year started to adapt to that, shut down the offense, have continued to shut down the offense. They haven't evolved since then, uh, and we're not even doing the little things anymore. So, <clears throat> from Daniel Jones' perspective, he didn't prove anyone any of the haters wrong uh, <laughs> this week, uh, despite you know. Obviously, the offensive line sucks. I'm not going to argue the offensive line doesn't suck, but not even not even because he's getting paid 40 million a year, he should be able to play a little bit better than this. And I think we have some examples of other players in similar situations that are that are doing better with similar amounts of talent around them. Um, you know, you can't you can't always blame everything on the offensive line. Um, and a player that is getting paid as much as him should elevate those around him and create something and never not just take what's obviously given to him in pre-snap reads. That's the only completions he's made. It's arguable that Tyrod looked instantly better than him in the game he came into. Well, that's the processing thing. Daniel Jones, I think he's never been able to process the field, uh, you know, post-snap at all. Um, Maybe not even pre-snap as we're seeing with the protections, but he, he doesn't get through his reads. Tyrod, you know, physically isn't nearly as good as an athlete at Daniel Jones at this point in his career, but he knows what to look for. 
and it looks a little bit better marginally because the line still is trash, <clears throat> but it feels like there might be someone a little more capable there just for operating an offense right now. Um, you know, whether or not Daniel Jones is shell shocked or just for just terrified to play. Um, something's got it. Something's got to give with that. If he needs a reset, if he needs to sit a week, I don't know. You look in new England and, and Belichick's just sitting Mac Jones in the middle of games and starting him the next week. Cause you know, he's not, he's not doing what he's supposed to do. So Who, who's the backup there now? They got like seven uh, in, in new England. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Zappy. Oh, um, Bailey Zappy. And then I think yeah. they have some other dude. Um, the, the thing I liked about Tyrod and I mean, we'll get into this later, but he seems to like at least kind of have poise to step up in the pocket. So as the pockets close around him, he seems to have that move where he like kind of steps up and he's ready to make a decision. And then if it's not there, then he'll pull it out and run. Yeah. Um, while Daniel Jones, just like, you know, and I think one of some of the stats were saying he's like top five in the least check down quarterbacks. Right. So he like pretty much never checks down. Um, and I, you know, I posed the question because if he did check down sometimes, would that be better than him trying to run for a, you know, back to the line of scrimmage. Right. I think Hertz is the least check down quarterback. Right. Cause he runs. Yeah. Um, but he doesn't he doesn't seem like he's always running back to the line of scrimmage. It seems like he's getting some yardage. So I wonder if maybe Jones, instead of a, a check down, instead of a, a run, you know, first, maybe like a little check down to someone. I think Mahomes does that a lot. Um, you know, yeah. maybe someone else makes a play. Yeah, I, I, it's I, possible that he at some point, because I think earlier in his career, he checked down quite a bit. That's all he did. That's all he did. So <laughs> I think it's in his head to not do that intentionally because he feels like that's a weakness. But what he doesn't realize is you don't have to bring it out of your arsenal altogether. All have it there as an option. Don't don't like ignore it and think that's a negative. Use it if it's there. And I think you're right, Doug. I, I didn't even realize that. I, yeah, I guess he's been doing it less and less as of recent. And you know, after the success of last year uh, in terms of being able to use his legs more, he, he's almost just like going to that as a default. Oh, everyone's covered. I'm running regardless. Yeah. You know, he's or, running out of clean pockets. Yep. You and know. why not scramble a little bit, then look for, see if there's some sort of a, you know, an outlet check down, someone moves a little bit. I mean, I, you'd have to imagine that the wide receivers are taught to, to move with him since he's such a running type quarterback that run to get open, give him an option. I, I, you know, it's hard to analyze that aspect of the game because, you know, unless but you I mean, certain film, but I think, I think, he's been so consistent in his inability to see the field. Like, you know, he halves the field immediately post snap, you know, he's going play side. He's never going to the, the, the wide field side. And then when he's getting out of the pocket, he's not seeing the different levels. How many examples of guys open on the second and third level, then he's looking, you know, to, to the stick, to the, fi like the five yard out route to, to laser it to them. But he's not even making that throw now. He's just holding it and then trying to run at the last minute or getting sacked for a couple yard loss. I mean, I think he's way in his head. I think he's, you know, not able to progress. I don't think I think, you know, like you were saying, Colin, there's those tendencies that he used to have, like the check downs or whatever that he was trying to get coached out of him. But he maybe he's not able to balance all these different concepts in his head at the same time. So he can't like <laughs> think yeah. you know on his toes you know that showed up a couple of weeks ago when he got he thought he heard a play call that he probably misheard and he wasn't able to like reconcile that on his own and and make make the right call and he you know when they ran that 
play on like third down. That was a running play when they needed eight yards or something. And he's like, well, I heard the wrong play. I was like, dude, you're five. You know, that play doesn't make sense. Don't run it. Like <laughs> there's nothing that, that would make sense there. Yeah. Like, wouldn't you, are you such a football robot that you yes. wouldn't even, you wouldn't even like think about it in like, wait a second. I'm in the moment. I know I was told this by my coach. Maybe I shouldn't do that right now. You can think outside of the box in like direct order as a quarterback. You're kind of a, have to be a freewheeler. If you see something, you go for it. But I think you're right. I don't think he has that capability. He's Mr. Yes, sir. I'm stupid. So I will do whatever you say. And or I just like, yeah, that's what you said. So I did it. Like, yep. can't blame me. Um, oh, you think it's like that? I mean, maybe. I mean, he he's he hasn't had many good times here, and I, he seems a little disenchanted with the whole thing, if you ask me. Um, it's hard to read him as a personality or lack thereof. His just vacant eyes that like dart around when you ask him like a simple question. He's everything that we thought Eli was, and Eli wasn't. <laughs> yes, dude. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. We thought Eli was the dumb dope, had no idea what was going on. You know, stupid face, mouth open, which was facts, but his brain was working the entire time. He just, you know. <laughs> but Eli, Eli would like point out blocks and things. Like, I don't even really see yeah. Daniel Jones doing no, that, that much. Exactly. Like, there's not like, there's not like pre play where he's like, all right, like we need to manage the play or maybe we're going to change this, right? This is what I see. There's not a lot of that. And like, you know, one of the things I noticed in the Dolphins game is the Dolphins do a great job of running motions. Yeah. Um, and like, it's not like the Giants didn't run motions, but the, the Miami ones look so crisp. I mean, Tua can get the ball out within less than a second, and the play is, mm -hmm. you know, the guy's eight yards down the field, and he's, you know, out of bounds. Yep. And then the Giants are running motions too, but there's just no crispness to it, and they're not getting nearly the same results the Dolphins were getting from their plays. That's a good shout. Well, what, what, what's that? And that's, what's that, yep, what's that meme that's like, a, you know, the, the guy you're supposed to worry about, like the girlfriend or whatever? Oh, um, uh, uh, the guy and then the guy you, 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 that you have to worry about. Yeah, it's like it's like the Eli and the Eli you were worried about, and Dan uh -huh. Jones is like the, the bad Eli. It's <laughs> true. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yes, did Eli have some really bad moments in his career? A lot of times during the regular season, yes. But you know what? He shook those off and did stuff when he needed to, when he was asked to, when he progressed in his career and developed and matured as a quarterback and a leader. Yeah, this guy right now, it. And I don't. I, mean, I wasn't really an elite quarterback, you know. Like he had a couple seasons where he was really good, but other than that, he was just like a, a decent quarterback. Yeah, for the most part. Well, but, you can also say that this offensive line is ruined. Who ruined the end of Eli's career? Oh, yes. career is also doing the same thing to Daniel Jones. That's, I mean, it's been ten years and nothing's changed. Good call. That's probably the wildest fact about the New York Giants is that there are so many teams in this league that go from having the worst offensive line and can turn it around in literally a season, regardless of their cap. They can do it, yeah. and they've done it. Why can't we? Yeah. Wait, before we get to the offensive line. Yes, I know. Um, this will be a good segue, but we mentioned earlier that there are other quarterbacks that have maybe not as bad of offensive lines, but, but pretty close. And I think a good parallel, especially since the game's coming up in two weeks, is, is the Redskins, right? With Sam Howell. And, Commanders. And, are we allowed oh, to say that on this show? Commanders, Dude, yeah, Commanders. Sorry, <laughs> I mean they I, took I, never... I grew up in D.C. and they took every team name away from the Bullets. The commanders, <laughs> I mean, it's just, oh, the Bullets should come back. It's ridiculous. Yeah. 
but but uh, Doug, I wanted you to to explain uh, your findings here. Yeah, so I mean, up until this week, um, Sam Howe was on pace for the worst, or he was the worst sack percentage um, in the league. Uh, you know, better than worse than Daniel Jones. Um, Jones took that over this week. I think Daniel Jones is at like fifteen point six percent, and and Howell's at thirteen point two. But um, a lot of them, a lot of the things they credit towards is Sam Howell just kind of doesn't really like have a plan of how he wants to get rid of the ball, and uh, you know he ends up taking these sacks. Um, and he's actually on pace. I guess both of them are. They're kind of like Sosa McGuire. They're on pace to shatter the record <laughs> most sacks in a season. Um, David Carr in, David in Carr. 2002, 76. 76. They're on pace for 90 and like 93. <laughs> um, so, Sosa yeah. McGuire. Um, so, yeah, it's not great. I mean, but to be fair to Hal, I mean, the guy, they had 66 plays last week and uh, they threw 60 of them. So, I mean, he's, you know, has a lot more opportunity to get sacked. But, yeah, I mean, they're similar quarterbacks, right? I mean, right now, which is kind of crazy to think about because one was drafted just a year ago in the fifth round and the other one's just signed a $40 million a year contract. So, yep. um, I don't know. I mean, if, you know, if you're if you're a franchise right now, do you think you'll have better luck with Hal or he just doesn't know the game right now? And at least Daniel Jones has some perception of it. And, you know, part of the problem, Doug, I, I mean, I, I don't know how much you said you were going to check out some of some of the episodes, but I think a, a running theme that we end up coming back to a lot about how this team is held back is with the kind of insane convictions of our owner in John Mara and the signing of Jones in the, in, in this case, uh, we just talked about a little bit last week. It, I, it screams, John, it screams him wanting this guy to be the guy and pushing for the signing to happen and not on Dable or Shane really, which, uh, I don't know. Maybe that's just how it feels, but that's it certainly seems to be how it has been with this ownership in the last 10, 15 years. So I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that, but uh, it, well, I just feel like it's going to be hard when the decision time comes of actually letting this guy go. It's going to be very difficult, I think. But go on with that. Uh, no, I was going to say pushing. You meant pushing for the guy. I think pushing the guy can be dangerous, right? I mean, look at the Broncos and Russell Wilson, right? Where they gave up three first rounds, three second round picks, a fifth rounder, and they have them for five years and $245 million. It's like, what do you do there? Yep. Um, you know, I know everyone's desperate to get a quarterback. You can't win in this league without a good quarterback. Um, I know it makes the decisions tougher. And sometimes you have to take those chances with players. But, and that, I mean, that it's a risky league. But, you know, some people have calculated risks that, that hit, and some people just are the Giants. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I mean, when you asked, you know, who'd you rather have or who's playing better, Sam Howell or Daniel Jones? I think it's it's pretty clear Sam Howell is playing better football right now. Well, and I think he yeah. also seems more confident in his game and more capable of, you know, or, or more more aware. Like if this was Madden stats, his awareness score would be much higher than Daniel Jones. Um, Daniel Jones seems like detached almost from like what's going on. He's just so pulverized and so beaten down. He's just trying to survive. At least Sam Howell seems like he's trying to create, he's trying to play on the move. He's throwing the ball at different levels deep. He's, you know, taking advantage of his skill players, which yeah, are better than the giants. But if you really break it down, you know, Darren Waller, uh, they don't have a Darren Waller. Uh, I would argue that, you know, our slot receivers, 
might match up with theirs. Dotson's obviously better, but um, uh, yeah, they have Curtis Samuel, but like, I feel like we, like everyone on our team is a Curtis Samuel, yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, so like, it's not day or night. They, their running game is, I guess, a little better since, since Saquon's injured, mm-hmm. but um, like Sam Howell has thrown for what, almost 1300 yards this season. Daniel Jones has thrown for, 800 something 880 yeah um that sucks on, on sort of i think on a similar amount of attempts what 151 attempts for daniel jones and 191 attempts for sam howe i mean i don't think that discrepancy makes up for it no um in any the, case it's just the, it's just the Commander's offensive line is not i mean again maybe it's not as bad as the giants but it's not a good offensive line either i mean it's they're giving up a lot of sacks if that's a metric you want to look at um and maybe that's Sam Howell's holding the ball too long. I, I don't know. I've only watched like one commander's yeah. game. Um, that being said, uh, the offensive line is pure trash. Um, missing Andrew Thomas for this long is really hurt. Then Mike, John Michael Schmitz going down has been brutal. Um, we're what, forced what to play a guard it? at left tackle. Yeah. What is a Jalen Mayfield? Uh, a practice squad player. Yeah. I <laughs> uh, who's horrendous. Um <laughs> I mean, the thing that's perplexing to me is other teams have injuries and have backups that aren't good, but they're not the worst the world has ever seen either. There, there's something going on. I don't think it's scheme. I I think it's, I don't know. It's gotta be, it's gotta be coaching. Um, We've drafted so many guys so high and then like guys leave and then they're productive elsewhere. Like, Hernandez is playing. Flowers was playing. Oh, like, Feliciano was, had some high Feliciano, grade. With the, yeah. Gates. I mean, they're all playing and like they're not, you know, doing, you know, offensive line blooper reels. It's, yeah. you know, they might not be dominating the world, but they're serviceable to a degree. Even Flowers. Flowers was serviceable <laughs> for a season after the Giants got yeah, rid of him. Who would have yeah. thought that? <laughs> he had a couple seasons there where he's he was halfway decent. Um, but it's it's almost inexplicable, um, this line play. And it has been for, like we said, the past 12 years or so. Um, I, I mean, I, I don't know what, what else there's to say. N- none of the guys we drafted are developing. Like, Pert was a third-round pick. You can't even put him in. Uh Glenna- I always, can never say his name. Glenowski, Glenowski, uh, uh, Glowinski, Glowinski, uh, who was our free agent signing last year, can't even beat out, um, you know, our, our our third string guys right now. He's done. Um, the injuries are we can't overcome those. It's just uh, it's really beyond like worst case scenario for the offensive line. But but Dan. We have uh, the strongest and shortest arms coming back onto the team to play right. uh, guard or tackle for us. That's in, right. Uh, Syracuse's own Justin Pugh. Justin Pugh is it's it isn't it crazy that like this is exciting that a dude that tore his ACL last year and was in his like what what season is this like for it's him like, like nine seasons yeah. yeah um that we just picked up is is looking to be the savior of our offensive line. Um, what position is he even going to play? He, he was playing guard in Arizona. He played like right tackle or something for us and some guard. Who knows what they're, where they're going to put him? He's playing, he's playing guard. There's no way left guard. I would imagine. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Um, 
is is Breedison coming back? Uh, well, did he get hurt too? Um, he was playing center for a little bit in this last game. Uh, I don't know. Uh, the injuries, it's like everyone on the offensive line. I haven't checked. Yeah, that's um, that's the wild part. Um, but I don't know. Is, is there anything constructive we could possibly say about this offensive line? No. Okay. I mean, I kind of agree with your point, Dan. It seems like, I mean, you know, again, Bears on Thursday night football, their offensive line has been pretty bad. We've seen for Justin Fields, but they found a way to manage on Thursday night football, right? Against a decent pass rush. And it's like, why can't the team just at least try to, why can't like other coaches seem to manage it? I mean, what's, what's missing. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, a crazy fact I think I read is that the pressure rate for the giants is the third worst of any team over the last 10 years, third worst. Hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Well, we've been talking about how Bobby Johnson, the offensive line coach is possibly the worst coach at the position uh, ever. It, Cause that, it all kind of points to this. Like you draft high, you try to develop who's doing the developing. It's the coaching. Was Bobby Douglas ever a good coach? I don't know. I, I, it just, I don't know. It's so, and it's, I think he goes back a long way with the coaching staff and that's it. I Did, mean, he was in, he was with Dable in, in Buffalo. Yeah. Well, he did decent there. I would imagine they were good. I don't know. I don't know. I, I I think it changes the whole complexion of the thing. If you have a more talented offensive line and a more talented quarterback, that also just weapons. some of the same challenges. Yeah. Yeah, and weapons. It's it's hard. It's not an apples to apples, but I'm sure just like things can be covered up on, on the field. You know, coaching deficiencies can be covered up by how talented your players yeah, are. That's true. Um. I don't know. Again, like there's less to say about the offensive line specifically because I, it's not as obvious to me, like the failures of them. Uh, obviously their communication's bad, the, you know, on that play where, where Neil, you know, failed to pick up that outside rusher, the center and the guards both got beat almost instantly. So it didn't even really matter. <laughs> like there's yeah. three guys coming free essentially anyway. It was um, a three person sack. It was, and that stuff happens, you know, nonstop. So, I mean, you know, it's starting to feel like, like, like we're being cruel when we pick out stuff on Daniel Jones's game. I think it's valid, but also like a part of me is now starting to feel like we're like picking on like a helpless person. Um, is the the the, fa- the delusional fan base's focus on fervently defending this man a coping mechanism at this point? Probably, but they 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 wouldn't be cognizant of it. I don't think because they're too stupid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I mean, you maybe got to be fair to the guy that like. And again, maybe it's just not a fit on this team. But if he had lots of time to throw, he could probably air it deep, right? I mean, he's shown some success doing that. No, he doesn't look that far though. When he's had time yeah. to throw, but you know. if somehow someone turned him around and there's only one guy left in the field, <laughs> and he happened to be deep, then I think he'd throw it deep. But if there's anybody. Closer. Well, I'm glad we got him a deep threat. <laughs> yeah. to, uh, to throw to this oh, speaking of which, uh, Jalen Hyatt, does he exist anymore? I mean, I don't know. Does, does it? It's not like he could throw to him anyway. I think uh, <laughs> I think he tried to force a throw to him. He did. It was short, though. Yeah. I mean, he had a bunch of passes that were atrocious. Continuing, uh, we're back on Daniel Jones, but uh, <laughs> I mean, it, it, again, you don't want to compare anyone to Brock Purdy because of the system and everything, but 
That dude processes really quickly yeah. and he leads his receivers. He throws them open. Daniel Jones is not doing his receivers any favors when he throws, you know, when he gets off his you know, 20 Throwing passes of the 20 passes he threw. Like, yeah, how many nice of them were? Nice throw to Bennett in the end zone. He should, probably should have caught. Bennett. Oh, Waller, you mean. Oh, sorry. Waller, uh, Waller sorry. You did, you did that over the weekend. <laughs> I was thinking of better days. Uh, he had a good touch on throwing Waller. It kind of hit um, him right there. I thought yeah, no, that was that was a nice pass. Um, so. Still would have been like a pretty pretty good catch. Yeah. But uh, just like I, I, there's like a pass to to Wandell that like he had oh, to slide and like, yeah, at his feet. And like that was like an easy pass. Like let him run into it. Just a bunch of those. And they're every game. Um, that being said, there's there's some movement. Uh, I mean, anything else on this game? I, I don't know what else to say. No, I, th- I think that pretty much covers it. I'm, I'm I'm glad that the we got some turnovers. That was a big plus. I have to. I will say it every week that it happens. But Jamie Gillen is still he's improved as a punter since last season, and I'm pumped on him because he's he does it every time now. Yeah. Um, and Graham Gano missed one kick, but he was on the rest of it, and he's still one of the best in the league. So at least our special teams on that front is pretty decent. Eric yeah. Gray. Um, he looked good in the, initially, but then they, they, they got away from the run because they had to. Exactly. Um, and he's still returning kicks and, and you know doing it serviceably when he gets the ball. And you know I, there's some positives there, and I don't want to not touch on that because it's better than it's been in the past. So at least there's that. We, we're not winning games because of it, though. So. No, yeah. I mean, Waller had some catches. They tried to get him the ball. Great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. The I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I guess before we look forward to uh, next week, actually, uh, I know we wanted to touch briefly on leadership or lack thereof, specifically Xavier McKinney, uh, his comments after the game uh, where he essentially said, you know, you know, we, we, we played hard, you know, it's a team, it's a team effort, but you stop pointing the finger at the defense. Yeah. Um, obviously he's frustrated. Obviously he's right, but also you're a captain and a leader. You can't do that. It, um, yeah, you can't, you absolutely can't. Uh, even if we all agree with him completely. Yeah. I mean, it, that doesn't fly anywhere. You know, that's why, you know, Odell Beckham got, you know, on the bad side of ownership immediately. And Dave Gettleman gave him the boot essentially for rightfully calling out that Eli was cooked. Um, you know, McKinney will probably get a longer leash, even though he's not nearly as important to the team. Um, but again, you know, with that statement, you know, we don't like it, but thinking about it, the giants are going to lose this week to Buffalo. They're going to be one in five. Yep. <clears throat> They're probably the only conceivably winnable games are coming up are potentially the Redskins, potentially the Jets, and potentially the Raiders. At, other than that, I think they're losing every game, and I think there's a good chance they could lose all three of those games too. Um, if you saw Max Crosby last night, no one on our team is blocking him. Nope, not a, um, not a soul. He's going to get like 13 sacks. Um, <laughs> that being said, you know maybe we start looking to um, – Trade trade some players that we don't have under contract uh, for more years. So that's uh, starting with not letting Saquon play another game for us. That's how that goes. Yeah. Keep, keep Saquon uh, a mystery and see if we can trade him for a seventh round pick. Uh, (laughs) That's don't, don't do what the Panthers did. They gave away McCaffrey for nothing and he's scoring every week. Yeah. But that's the thing though. Uh, Who's going to take 
what are we going to get for him? Really, we're not seventh rounder. Anyone who's smart as a GM is not going to give us any more than that. They're not. No, I think you can get more than a seventh, but ah, all right, fifth. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Okay, uh, is it worth it at that point? Maybe. Yes. Maybe. Well, contract wise, to get him off the books, probably he's not going to win us a Super Bowl in his career. Nope. Um, so to me, it's worth it. Hmm. Um, you, I mean, we get Saquon, Adoree, Leo Williams. And yeah. even McKinney, um, you know, I hate getting rid of young talent, but you got to see what's out there in the market and we have to build something that's going to last. Um, well, Leo, take... I think Leo's the, the number one to go first over anyone yeah. else. Yeah. I mean, speaking of it, always deserve a shout. Dexter Lawrence was again, just a machine, just taking on double, triple cover, triple, you know, teams, um, which should be meaning Leo is feasting. Nope. But he's not. Yeah. He's lost in the sauce. I don't know what he's doing in there. But he, he can't sink his really shitty teeth into anything because he doesn't play. <laughs> Does he have dolphin well. teeth or something? They're like they're train wrecky and uh, <laughs> he, he big cat. Oh, big cat. No, you 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 kind of suck, man. Suck cat. Yeah. I mean, cat. I know you guys have talked about a little probably in the podcast as well, and I think I've heard it before, but I mean, is this year's schedule just more realistic than last year's, right? Would you have the same kind of feeling towards these guys if you played this, you know, if the Giants played this schedule last year, right? I mean, yeah. last year's schedule was definitely very favorable uh, sure. to the team. And, you know, they're playing some really good teams this year. I think it makes things a little more difficult. It's, it's, only, more, it's only more difficult this year. I mean, did I, did I think there was going to be a, uh, a regression like this? No. Mm-hmm. Did I think it was very possible it wasn't going to be nearly as good as last year? Of course, but this is on another level, and the, the schedule doesn't help. No, it doesn't. I mean, but I think that's that, those are real things. If you can trade those guys for either, you know, draft capital or potentially coaches, you know, <laughs> yeah, coaches or uh, offensive line depth, uh, I think you, you got to consider because I don't think you want to keep most of those guys on the team moving forward, given the size of their contract and what they're trying to do. Yeah. Um, yeah also see what you got. Right. I mean, the goal is to build. Right. So, if, yeah. you know, the ideally the situation is they play great in every game that, you know, once they get eliminated, they, you know, but they lose, right. And help their yeah. draft capital. Yeah. But you just want to see that, you know, sense of improvement is the goal. Yeah. I think through all this. Yeah. And you want to get someone off the roster because Dougie, I think you said uh, uh, Beasley is a, is coming off the practice squad. What was that? Yeah, I think he's. Uh, I think he's getting ready to come off the IR. Off the IR, yeah. yeah. And then to the practice squad, but, if there was an inevitable uh, return uh, to to save yeah. the Giants' I mean, season, if he wants to play, give him a shot, right? Well, well, this well, is my theory. Uh, he's designated for return from the practice squad IR ahead of Sunday's game against the Bills. Perfect. Well, so so this is my theory. Um, the team that the Giants are putting out there right now is almost identical to the team last year. That was very, well, not very, but like surprisingly successful and, and competent, at least on the field. What's the main thing that's changed this year? I'd argue that's Cole Beasley and he is putting bad juju on this team and ruined the entire, uh, the entire, <clears throat> you know, chi of the team. People are unhappy or are, are picking on each other. The offense is against the defense. Um, the, the offensive linemen don't know what they're doing. Um, he's in their heads. He's, he's putting propaganda da- down their throats. Uh, via um, rap. Via bad rap. <laughs> via, yeah. Via uh, <laughs> propaganda, propaganda 
right wing rap that he's probably playing uh, every time they, they come in the, the, the locker room. And uh, <laughs> it's just not good. I think he's got to go. Maybe you can trade him to the trade him to the Patriots for a first round pick. Or or maybe trade him <laughs> back to the Bills Sunday when we go there. <laughs> just drop him off and tell yeah, just just like, him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. see you, Cole. <laughs> yeah, we uh we are uh, are gonna absolutely get our asses kicked on Sunday. That's a that's a known fact, I think, ahead of this. Yeah, yeah. I mean I don't I don't there's not much to say about that. I, I mean before we get to it, the Giants signed Yandi Kajust, uh, who is I, I mean, I guess you'd say a journeyman uh, a tackle. Um, I think he was just a free agent right now. I don't think we took him from anyone. Uh, I think he recently played on the Patriots. Um, yeah, last year he played on the Patriots, 10 games. You know, not not a lot of uh, not a lot of action there, um, but he's a body and maybe maybe he's not the worst. Um, and then, uh, like you said, Leo Collins is coming in um for to see if he's physically able to perform basically tomorrow i guess the the jets tried him out um he might demand a bunch of money who knows but uh you got to figure if he's healthy he's better than almost everyone we have other than andrew thomas or jms um so that's interesting nothing's going to put us over the edge i don't think that's going to automatically be like the the magic pill that gets us to where we need to be because the Bills are a much better team, um, and they're coming off a loss that uh, I'm sure they're going to want to avenge. And what's what's a better rebound game than playing the New York Giants? There isn't one. Um, also, yeah. a little fun uh, fact: have, Jones is Jones is one in twelve in primetime games, and I think this game's on Sunday night, right? So. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, how how many more games do we need to show this country that we are the worst team in the league? I just I don't I don't need it, and they don't either. No, no, it's gonna. Yeah, and it's I know it's gonna be brutal. Doug, you and I were talking um, about it over the weekend. It's one of those force feeding situations of getting the team in the biggest market in the country on television because you're going to get more eyes on the games. And that's the only reason we have the games. A little bit of success last year. Yeah. One playoff game win. Oh, here's seven primetime games. Go for it. <laughs> do you think that success was due to the fact that we had like one primetime game last year? Or like Probably. Maybe two? None of the teams and, we played uh, were prime. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I feel like I feel like we we've gone a, gone a while on this. Um, there there is no light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> it's just deeper and darker. Well, that's the um, problem. It's... Usually, there's some sort of silver lining or something. But like the more that we do this, and every week that we discuss this team, they show that there is no light at the end of the tunnel this season for sure. A- after the season, I don't know. I don't know what kind of decisions are going to be made in the off season. I. I have no clue where I can even envision this team going at this point. Yeah. The, uh, it's, uh, it's, you know, has you, everyone sort of rooting, whether they like to admit it or not, that we tank out the rest of the season and get a stud quarterback and sign a veteran tackle or, or guard and draft a stud, you know, second or third round guard or tackle or, and then uh, start over again. 
hire a new offensive line coach and uh, give it another shot. Um, Cause the pieces we have here aren't magically going to congeal and, and form a, a real football team. And we still have to play the Eagles twice. We still got the Cowboys again. We got the saints, um, the Rams. Uh, I don't know. Maybe we could beat the Patriots. Maybe we could beat the Packers if things start going well. But I don't. I don't see how we're going to end the season with like better than five wins if everything goes right. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, what a downer of an episode, Doug. <laughs> is, I apologize. No, no, no. You know, it's it's tough. It is well, tough. We, you, got, we you need a quarterback to, to win. You need an offensive line to win, and you don't. Uh, you to try do to have the laughs. Try to have the laughs yeah. as much as you can until you 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 know. There's really not much more to laugh at. I mean. I just had a fleeting thought in my head. Of you know what I think? What? No, go ahead. What? Two words. Mm. Tommy DeVito. I would love to see him. Bring play. him back. Come on. I would love that. I think he's got a little Brock Purdy in him. Wouldn't that be nice? A little little New Jersey area. Pies on. Quick-witted. Sharp tongue. Bringing it. Don Bosco prep. Let's go. I bet you he processes quicker than Daniel Jones. Well, he grew up in the tri-state area. God, you got to think fast. <laughs> so I'm saying. Life comes at you quick here. On your feet. Yeah. I mean, I think he would infuse some enthusiasm <laughs> to a dejected and depressed fan base. Um, hey, I, we'll see what a full game. Uh, we could possibly get a full game at a tie rod Sunday. Why don't we, why don't we start there? Well, is Daniel playing? What he says his neck feels okay. There's positive reports that the the injury isn't that bad, but I don't know. Someone, I really just hope someone say, just sit this one out, dude. Just well, that's yeah. Take what are they blow. rushing him? What are they take rushing him back for? Right? I mean, it is a neck they, injury. They seem to say he's you know possibly going to play, but I think it's a little too premature to say that. Yeah, he's going to be playing yeah. this week, so probably um, no him, no Saquon, no Andrew Thomas. Right against the yeah. Bills. Yeah. In Buffalo, yeah. <laughs> Sunday night, coming off a loss to uh, <laughs> to the Jags, yeah, yep. in London. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's. Uh, I really, really miss being excited. Yeah. Score prediction, Doug. What's the score? Uh, I say thirty-one ten. Okay. 31 okay. 10. Okay. Um, I think Cook's going to run a bunch, probably, yeah. and Diggs will get a touchdown. I, I think. Wait, who's it? Wait, how are, how are the Giants getting to 10 points? Um, They'll they'll get it down in the end zone. It might be the third quarter, right? Because they can't score in the first mm-hmm. half. Um, But maybe they'll put together. Because they do try new things from time to time, right? It's not <laughs> like they're like trying. They're not like running the, you know, the old. Uh, you know, shotgun, shotgun handoff that they used to run consistently, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. they are trying different things, and you know, they are trying literally everything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I th- I think I was gonna propose like take three four days off practice, go to like a location and just, <laughs> just do like a blocking practice. a blocking seminar. Like you just <laughs> block for four days because honestly, I saw even the wide receivers can't block. Yeah, and it's like who's teaching blocking there? And I, I don't know, just you like, know. I- a I, workshop I take, or something like an HR. Yeah, They're like, yeah. we're gonna do a little retreat, company retreat. Like in uh, like in dodgeball when they got that guy uh, with the throw the, the pipes and stuff at yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> Hard pipe. Yeah. 
Um, I do have to say, Doug, there was one block thrown by a wide receiver that I really appreciated. It was okay. by Wandell Robinson, the smallest guy in the field. Yeah. On an Eric Gray run, it was early in the game, and he actually he knocked someone over. And I was like, oh, wow, that, that is a tiny man doing big man things. That's kind of yeah. cool. So there, there was another positive. Right. Uh, Colin, prediction. Um, yeah, 36 to 3. I like it. Um, I was going to say they break 40. I was gonna say forty-two to nine. All all Gano field goals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think you're right. I think that's spot on. Yeah, forty-two to nine. That sounds actually better. That's better. It's a weird enough that. score. <laughs> yeah, tons of punts, yeah. lots of field goals. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Doug, I look forward to a day of having you back on where yeah, it's it's winning on, it's winning time because no. Uh, it's, uh... Yeah, the uh, spread's at 14 right now, and uh, we got uh, 45 and a half is the over-under. So. Yeah. Action's hitting the over. Um, well, Doug, anything to. you want to talk about? Uh, Georgetown basketball, anything you want? The fans uh, yeah, to new coach, 30 days as of, I think it was yesterday, since the, or two days ago, till the first game of the season. Coolie. Um, there you go. You know, with the transfer portal, it's a whole new roster. Um, except go. for Dikembe Mutombo's son. He's still uh, he's oh, stuck it out. No way. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, Dikemi Mutombo is not doing well right now. I think, uh, you know, rumor is he does have some sort of potential brain cancer. So, oh no, uh, sorry to hear that. But, uh, but yeah, new coach, Patrick Ewing's out. Love the guy. He's probably the, one of the best players I've ever seen play, but, um, just didn't really know how to coach. It felt like, and, uh, yeah. So teams, uh, trending up and if they win one biggies game, they did better than last season. So that's, uh, <laughs> you, got, you got that to look forward to. And not, not for nothing, Doug. I, I think, uh, this past weekend, since I went to visit you in the DC area and we, we did some sightseeing, I, I may have brought a little bit of my own basketball magic to the campus mm, of Georgetown. Right. So I, I graced that field house, uh, where legends once played and, and yeah. a legend stepped in as well on Sunday. And maybe right. that'll be sprinkling some magic out there. Legend of sorts. Do yeah, you think uh, Mac McClung will win the uh, NBA jam contest again? I hope he contest? gets another, hope he gets another shot. I hope he's on like an NBA roster this time when he enters. And not, oh yeah. That was such horseshit. The, <laughs> the, the Gatorade G league, but yeah. no, it's uh, I always root for Mac. It's good to see him. Okay. Uh, <laughs> All right. Well with that, um, Enjoy the rest of your week. Um, enjoy the rest of Sunday. And then, uh, you know, hold tight and, uh, and, and endure Sunday Night Football. And uh, we'll be here next week. Uh, and uh, we'll miss you. 143, BBU Pod Boys, Big Blue United, forever. Peace out. Thanks for having me.